Chapter Eleven of A Coin of Edward the Seventh. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Coin of Edward the Seventh by Fergus Hume. Chapter Eleven. Princess Caraxay. Even as he spoke, the room was flooded with the light of the electric lamps the woman by the window turned and came forward smiling with a feeling of bitter disappointment giles recoiled it was not anne he had been deceived by a chance resemblance i can quite understand your mistake said the princess caraxy it is not the first time that i have been taken for my friend indeed she was very like anne both in figure and face she had the same dark hair and dark eyes the same oval face and rich colouring but her expression was different she was more haughty than miss denham and there was less simplicity in her manner even as ware looked at her the likeness seemed to vanish and he wondered that he should have made such a mistake but for the twilight the turn of her head and her height together with the way in which she carried herself he would not have been deceived one would take you for miss denham's sister he said when seated the princess smiled oddly we are alike in many ways she replied quietly i look upon miss denham as my second self you called me anne when you mistook me for her she added with a keen glance i have no right to do so princess but he hesitated not knowing how to choose his words she saw his perplexity and smiled i quite understand mr ware anne i mean miss denham has told you about me i have not seen her for months mr ware not since that terrible event which has made a fugitive of her giles was bitterly disappointed and his face showed his feelings from what mrs cairns had said he was certain that the princess would be able to help him and here she confessed an ignorance of anne's whereabouts nevertheless ware still hoped he thought that not knowing his real errand she was feigning ignorance for the sake of her friend's safety i am sorry she has not spoken to you about me he remarked for then you would know that i wish her well oh i know that anne i may as well call her anne to you mr ware wrote to me from rickwell several times she told me all about you but i have not seen her since the death of your fiancee i have no idea where she is now i thought and mrs cairns thought that she would come to you in her distress or at least communicate her whereabouts she has done neither and i do not know where to address a letter what is to be done said giles half to himself and much distressed princess caraxay rose and glanced at the clock with a laugh oh if we talk something may come of our putting our heads together she said meantime we can make ourselves comfortable here are coffee and cigarettes mr ware would you prefer a cigar no thank you princess these look very good both coffee and cigarettes are turkish said she handing him a cup and afterwards a cigarette i get them from a cousin of mine who is an attache at constantinople come now she lighted a cigarette for herself and sat down on an amber divan near ware's chair let us talk before my friend arrives i beg your pardon princess i hope my coming no no she explained hurriedly i asked my friend to meet you indeed giles was much surprised i did not know we had a mutual friend 
the princess nodded and blew a cloud of smoke at ten o'clock you shall see him i won't tell you who he is a little surprise mr ware ware looked at her sharply but could make nothing of the enigmatic smile on her face she was undeniably a very beautiful woman as she lounged amongst the amber-tinted cushions but in her dress and general looks there was something barbaric she wore a dinner-dress of mingled scarlet and black and many chains of sequins which jingled with her every movement as ware's eyes met her own she flashed a languorous look at him and a slow smile wreathed her full red lips giles could not help admiring her but he had a feeling that she was not altogether to be trusted it behoved him to be wary in dealing with this superb tigress yet as another thought crossed his mind he smiled involuntarily why do you smile mr ware asked the princess she spoke the english language admirably and with but a little foreign accent pardon replied giles still smiling but mrs cairns told me that at one time you aspired to become a governess i can't imagine you teaching children ah you have no imagination no englishman has children are fond of me very fond she cast another look at his handsome face and added with emphasis i can make any one i choose fond of me i quite believe it princess you have a woman's imperial sceptre beauty a charming compliment responded she her mood changing but we are not here to exchange compliments so you love anne with all my heart and soul he replied fervently his hostess appeared rather disconcerted by this reply you are a miracle of chivalry my dear mr ware she said dryly but is it not rather a large heart you have to love two women at the same time i understand what you mean answered ware quietly but my engagement to miss kent was purely a family arrangement i loved anne i still love her all the same i would have married miss kent had she not been murdered you are very obedient mr ware and you very satirical princess i could explain but there is no need for me to do so i want to find anne can you help me not at present but i may be able to do so of course you don't believe that she killed your fiance certainly not i think the crime was committed by the man with whom she fled a tall man with a red beard and hair and black eyes yes yes do you know him who is he i have had him described to me responded the princess calmly but i know nothing about him is he a friend of anne's that i don't know she quietly selected another cigarette lighted it and looked with a serene smile at her visitor giles was annoyed we don't seem to be getting on with our business princess he said roughly what is our business she demanded looking at him through half-closed eyes her scrutiny made giles uncomfortable and he shifted his seat as he answered mrs cairns said you could tell me about anne so i can what do you want to know mr ware who is she who was her father is he dead or alive what do you know about the scarlet cross and he stopped for the princess had opened her eyes to their fullest extent the scarlet cross you know about that also she asked of course i do 
there was an anonymous letter i have seen the letter or at least a copy indeed said ware much astonished and an enamelled cross i have seen the cross also it appears to me princess that you know everything about the case she glanced again at the clock and smiled as she replied i am a friend of anne's mr ware i dare say you would like to know who told me all these things well you shall be enlightened at ten o'clock meantime i can tell you all i do know about anne and her father you will speak freely he asked mistrustfully absolutely you-you she hesitated you love anne she gave him a searching look yes i see you do i can speak openly will you have another cup of coffee no another cigarette ah there is the box a match now now said giles eagerly what about anne what about myself first of all mr ware i am a hungarian i quarrelled with my people and ran away finding myself stranded in london with very little money i tried to get a post as a governess i went to mrs cairns and thus became acquainted with anne we became great friends she told me everything about herself when i knew her history we became greater friends than ever i was a governess only for a year then someone heard me sing and-she shrugged her beautiful shoulders but that is quite another story mr ware i am a concert singer now and it pays me excellently i am very pleased with your success princess but anne she flashed a rather annoyed look at him you are scarcely so chivalrous as i thought mr ware she said coldly no say nothing i quite understand let us talk of anne i will tell you her history she relighted her cigarette which had gone out and continued her father was a gambler and a wanderer he lived mostly on the continent monte carlo for choice anne's mother here the princess paused and then went on with an obvious effort i know nothing of anne's mother mr ware she died when anne was a child mr denham brought up his daughter in a haphazard way was his name really denham so anne told me i had no reason to think that it was otherwise he was a gentleman of good family but an outcast from his people for reason of his reckless folly i also am an outcast said she pleasantly but merely because i am strong-minded i am not foolish no princess said giles looking keenly at her i should certainly not call you foolish but i can be foolish on occasions said she quickly and flushed as she glanced at him like all women but anne i see we must get back to anne well she having better moral principles than her father grew wearied of their wandering life she decided to become a governess mr denham put her to school at hampstead a sister of mrs cairns keeps the school and that is why anne is so intimate with mrs cairns and when her education was finished she took a situation in italy there she remained some years afterwards she rejoined her father for a time he died at florence typhoid fever i believe and anne found herself alone she returned to england and assisted by mrs cairns took various situations 
she always returned to mrs cairns when out of an engagement it was on one of these occasions that i met her we have been friends for a long time mr ware then anne was engaged by mrs morley and-and the rest you know there is no more to be said is that all said giles disappointed by this bald narrative the princess shrugged her shoulders and throwing aside her cigarette leaned back with her hands behind her head what would you mr ware anne is a good woman good women never have any history can you tell me anything about this guarded cross anne never spoke of such a thing to me but my friend may be able to tell you ah the princess raised her head as a ring came to the door there is my friend before his time too but we have finished our conversation mr ware for the present yes she looked at him suddenly but certainly she said in her vivacious way you must come and see me again we will have much to talk of you love music i will sing to you and here she broke off to greet a newcomer much to the relief of giles who was beginning to feel uncomfortable how do you do mr steele with an exclamation ware rose it was indeed steele who stood before him looking as round and rosy and cheerful as ever you are surprised to see me sir he said with a twinkle i am very much surprised i went to see you yesterday and found that i was out of town so i was so i am supposed to be but the telegram of the princess here told me that she expected you this evening so i left my country business and came up you see said the princess sitting down again amongst her cushions you see mr ware i told you we had a mutual friend now you know how i am so well acquainted with the case and she laughed the princess explained steele seeing giles astonishment read all about the case being a friend of miss denham's and seeing that i had charge of the matter she sent for me we have talked over the case and i have received much assistance from miss i mean from this very clever lady the princess caraxay and steele bowed but stammered ware still puzzled you believe miss denham to be guilty surely the princess will not no no came from the divan in the deep-toned voice of the woman anne is my friend i would not help him to arrest her the fact is said steele easily i have changed my opinion mr ware and i think miss denham is innocent the man who killed miss kent is called wilson wilson and who is wilson and why did he kill her i don't know who wilson is replied steele i am trying to find out i am not quite certain why he killed her but i am beginning to suspect that it was on account of this inherited money i told you that princess he added turning to the divan yes mr steele and i said then i say now i do not agree if you would be more explicit said ware feeling helpless steele took no notice of him for the moment then if it's not the money i don't know what the motive can be he turned to ware see here sir this wilson whomsoever he may be lived with the mother of asher's office boy he was her lodger the boy told him about the money coming to miss kent afterwards the lad had a summons given him to serve on morley wilson offered to take it and did so 
he removed his effects from mrs benker's house she's the mother of the lad and went down to rickwell you know what happened there now if he didn't kill miss kent on account of the money why did he ask the office boy about the matter giles shook his head i can't say he said no more than i can explain why miss denham helped him to escape well steele scratched his chin i have an idea about that but you must not be offended if i speak plainly mr ware i shall be offended if you speak evil of my friend miss denham this was from the princess who raised herself up with her eyes flashing angrily i will not have it she said then am i to say nothing asked steele ironically nothing against miss denham put in giles you are both rather difficult to deal with remarked steele with a shrug however i'll explain and you can draw your own inferences it seems from what mrs benker said that mr wilson was mostly out all night and in all day also he was frequently absent for a long time he likewise took much interest in society newspapers and in the movements of the aristocracy he also wore on his chain an ornament a red enameled cross in fact what cried giles with a start and he noted that the princess startled likewise and that her face grew pale he wore a red enameled cross repeated steel imperturbably on his watch-chain mrs benker had been in the service of the late lady summersdale when the diamonds of that lady were stolen she remembered that a red enameled cross had been found in the safe whence the jewels were taken wilson was amused at this he said that the cross was the emblem of a charitable society from which he received a weekly sum well he hesitated and looked at his listeners that clue came to an end i lost sight of wilson i then went to look for the red cross the yacht i mean what has the yacht to do with wilson asked ware angrily if you remember sir i told you that wilson was the man who served the summons on mr morley and who as i believed killed miss kent he afterwards fled with miss denham and went on board the yacht is not that the case sir so far as i can judge it is muttered giles reluctantly well then went on steele triumphantly while the princess as giles observed listened intently i looked after that yacht i could not find her but i am looking for her now that is why i am in the country i came up this morning from deal and i go back there to-morrow i find sir that this yacht puts in at various places every now and then most yachts do yes sir but while most yachts are at anchor in a place does a burglary invariably occur no sir wait for giles had sprung to his feet lady summersdale's place was on the seashore her diamonds were stolen at the time this yacht was at anchor in the bay a red cross was found in the safe the boat is called by that name several times i find that when the yacht has been at a certain place a burglary has occurred this man wilson wears a red cross on his watch-chain now sir i believe that he is one of a gang of burglars that the cross is a sign this explains his interest in the society papers he wants to find out where the best swag is to be found and-but what has all this to do with my friend anne cried the princess steele shrugged his shoulders i say nothing he replied you can draw your own inferences do you mean to say that miss denham 
i say nothing interrupted steele catching up his hat mr ware i am at your service when you want me princess he bowed and went out as the outer door closed giles and his hostess looked at one another the man's a foul liar burst out giles furiously yes the woman was very pale still my friend anne once told me told you what what i will tell you if you come again she said under her breath and suddenly left the room she did not return End of chapter 11 Read by Celine Major